now listening to the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. Somebody say oh my and give them dog six. Oh my and give them dog six. I like that intro, TJ Vickers. We've been working on it for a while. It's, it's been it's been in the shop, if you will. It was on the old laptop too. That was another thing that was a problem. But we had everything transferred over. But I had a final product on the old laptop that we could not recover for a little while, so we just had to redo it. But you know, pull it off the old dinosaur. You know, Andy Day, who you know, I mean, of course, everybody knows Andy Day. You know, of course, he and my dad were really, really close from the time they were young. And so Andy, actually, you know, when you have your wedding and they introduce the bridal party. Oh, oh, he did my bridal party. Oh, boy. And had nicknames for everybody. It was awesome. It was good time. Did, Got it on video. Were they actually, like, nicknames that had been through time, or was it just something Andy came up it was with kinda, on the spot? It was a lot of off the cuff, and I gave him a couple of ideas on some of them. So, so, you know. The more embarrassing ones were your idea, probably? Right, absolutely. 100%, but it was a great time. That, I mean, that's good. part of it being your day. Yes. You know, make, making nicknames up for your boys and having them be introduced to that nickname. Absolutely. So we kind of missed it, but then welcome in to the Sons of Swanee. Another week on the Sons of Swanee. Hunter Abercrombie along with TJ Vickers. TJ, tell the folks where they can find us. Yep, y'all should know the drill by now, but if you don't know, let's go ahead and fill you in. Find us at Facebook, find us at Twitter, at Sons of Swanee. Download, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. You can download our podcast anywhere you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can search Sons of Swanee, and we will be up there for you. And the Sons of Swanee also have a bracket challenge That's on right. ESPN. Tell them. Yeah, Go. so actually on ESPN, just fill out your bracket like you normally do through the Bracketology app and then just search the group and search Sons of Swanee and you should be able to find us on there. Go ahead and just join that group and see how you stack up versus some of the other listeners. I think last I checked we had like six or seven people on there. Nice. Uh, I'm in. We need, we need I'm to in. go yeah we need to go and get you on there as oh, well. Oh I'm in. I did one. Oh you did one. Okay mm-hmm. you did one. All right I guess Who I Who you got winning it? I haven't checked more recently. I got Gonzaga. Little, oh God. It's just too dominant of a team. But I do have some upsets along the way and mm-hmm. I think your my final four would surprise you a little bit if we get all the way into that but uh, going a little bit with the probably overwhelming majority of the public with picking Gonzaga, Gonzaga as, as the title. I'm riding the hot hand, went with the Fighting Illini. Okay. Yeah, a little see, outside the box. Well, see, actually, I went a little outside the box, and I don't have them even advancing to the Sweet 16. Wow, good for you. Okay. Yeah, so, that, so I, I, do, I do have some off-the-wall stuff, but this has not been a very good year for me to watch college basketball, so this is just going to be a total crap show at the end of it <laughs> where probably after first weekend – I just, it's just going to shut it down. Yeah, that's what everybody does. You just shut I just, your bracket down. Yeah, I, I just you know put my mower on the lowest blade possible and just mulch it, scalp it right over the top. Yeah. Gotcha. Hey, what'd you watch last night on TV? Anything? Um, I watched a little Chopped with my wife. Anything and, else? And, uh, went to bed early. No, that was it. That no. was all you watched. No, I, I, I didn't have anything <laughs> else that could have potentially piqued my interest in the slightest. Interesting. Maybe we'll get into it later. What I watched. I watched the Knowles and the Gators <laughs> on ACC Network. But my favorite part of the whole broadcast, I mean, there were a lot of favorite parts. It was a good night for the Knowles. Especially my, the first two innings. <laughs> my favorite part of the, yes, of the whole broadcast is when they put up the graphic of all the protocols that were in place at Dick Hauser Stadium, all the safety protocols, mm-hmm. and it said, mask must be worn at all times except when eating or drinking. And while they're showing this, they have a picture of the stands and, and the stadium. And not a single person and has a mask on. Nobody has their <laughs> no. mask on. No. It, yes. It reminded me a lot of Florida State football that first week of the year, like when they had the Georgia Tech game and just like uh, no social distancing. Yes. Now, now they were social distance, I'll give them that. But no mask to be in sight and no one eating or drinking at the same time as well. It was an, Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Look at there. Even yeah. my wife noticed. I mean, she was like, look, I mean, what? Nobody has it on. I, you even kind of heard the play-by-play guy kind of like like stutter like where he's like it's almost like he saw what the visual was with the graphic where it's like oh gosh this graphic and the visual do not yes, match he, at he all. said it he yeah. said it yeah yeah where he quickly just pivoted and just was like okay uh yeah that's what they're supposed to be doing but moving on that's right so quick story time before we get into the swanee stuff because i just i have to tell this story because it's just one of those things you, you know how sometimes in life you just have fortuitous timing and something just happens at like perfect uh, the exact moment it should happen for you and it's right. just very lucky okay i had the opposite of that on sunday oh boy so sunday afternoon man beautiful day sunday yeah having a good day and friend of ours down the road about a mile says hey we got a little water slide for the kids why don't y'all come on down 
let the kids hang out for a little bit. It's cool, man. Sounds good. So we get on our side-by-side. -side. We're going to ride on the back roads down mm -hmm. there, just having a nice stroll, leisurely stroll on the on the side-by-side, uh, -side, whatever, the buggy. We call it the buggy. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, buggy. You know That's what, what I call it, yeah. So anyway, so we're going, and all of a sudden, an animal, a buzzard, swoops and just flies over the top. I mean, not like close, but like 10 feet over the top of our buggy. No big deal, except that about 15 seconds later, 10 seconds later, Something hits the buggy, TJ, and it was vomit from a buzzard. Oh, and that's so, be the worst. if you know what a buzzard eats, TJ, it was a dead animal of some sort that was inside a buzzard and is now back out and on my buggy. He has and on my windshield. He has regurgitated the animal for your on to us for your buggy, and it does not smell good. It smells the opposite. Whatever the thing is that you think, man, might make me like. Dry heave, it's that times a couple. I'm getting a little nauseous just. Uh huh. You it kind of right water now. your mouth, won't it? Yeah, yeah. That was my Sunday, so I then had to floor after the like we just sat and stared at each other, and my kids are all ah. Ugh. My wife and I are just like oh, what just happened? I just have to like floor it to my buddy's house because yeah. The, what, what thank God they were washing now? cars. Thank God because I went straight water hose every. It was I would have been calling them. It's on like the way. one of those things. I don't know that you ever truly get the get that out. You know what I mean? No. I might no. I, a little bit got on my shirt. I think I have to throw the shirt away. You got yeah. You got to set it on fire. Uh huh. Yes. Sunday. 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 Afternoon, Sunday. Man. Huh. Sunday. Fun day. Huh. Man. Anyway, if you ever been puked on by a buzzard, I'm in the same boat with you now, baby. That is a very unique story that I cannot contribute much to. I'm yeah. Just, I'm just shocked. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, what do we got for the people other than that today, TJ? <laughs> if you've made it this far and you still want to stick around, what do we have for? Them? Yeah. Now that we're done talking with uh buzzard vomit yes. we, we can move on to things that were actually on the agenda uh, -huh. uh boys weightlifting was the runner-up at the bulldog invitational got some good results there jacques moore and ricardo garcia both took first place in their weight class bryce kierce took second in his weight class and moore was named best overall lifter at the meet have we talked about jacques moore at all on this show before no i think that name should be new really to good kid yeah. really good kid yeah. decent athlete he's yeah. okay yeah, He's got a chance to do some things. Slightly good. Yeah. I can guarantee you, Jaquez may have got best lifter at the meet, but Ricardo got best hair. Yeah. He's always perfect. Never out of place. Man, I, I wish I could say that about myself. Me, I can't either. And Kears got runner-up? Kears got runner-up. Good yep. for Kears. So those three, and we finished runner-up as a team, correct? Yep. Outstanding. Run up as a team. Good over. first invitational for the dogs to start the season. Yeah, and I, I do believe, I, and maybe I'm misremembering this, but I think I saw even something about Jock Westmore was close to having a uh, record view. He crushed it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what his clean was. We can go back and look, and I'm sure mm -hmm. we'll get it, but he cleaned some outrageous amount that human beings should not be able to put above their head. You know, yeah, it was, and, you know, if, if it you was had, three three hundred something. If you have a chance to look at Jock West, you know, he he he's a stout young man, but he he's not. He doesn't overly look like a bodybuilder or anything like that. He's just naturally strong. And I think just more than anything, that's just really what jumps out at you where you're like, yeah, you know you know, he's a great football player and he's hard to bring down on the football field when he's running the ball and everything like that. But just to see the, the sheer amount of weight he's able to lift, it's incredible to see. So yeah. good, good job for Jacquez, Ricardo, Bryce, and all the other boys as well got runner-up at the Bulldog Invitational. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but if I find it while we're recording today, I'm telling you, it was an impressive amount that he that he cleaned. Absolutely. So switching over to track and field, not too many tricky names this week, Hunter. So That's very good. You think I can get through this? I don't know. I'll help you out if we, you can. We, we, we can walk I'll our, help you out. We, we you can, can hold hands and walk our way through this. Again, these stats are provided by Coach Yerick. She emailed me the other day and kind of gave me the rundown on everything that happened. Drew Walker's long jump on Thursday made her first in the district and actually in the region as well. So that makes her and Montasia Jones first and second in the region. And this is actually a direct quote from Coach Lewis. We have a lot of girls that are favorites to win districts and have legit shots at winning regionals or making it to the state for multiple events. Very good. It's good to hear that pretty early in the season to go ahead and say, hey, look, we, yeah. we, we, got, we got a chance. Oh, we've got some talent, you know, especially in the, the like you said, the hurdles, um, the field events and the long jump, triple jump, high jump. We've got, a, we've got a chance to do some things on the girls' side for sure. And also with um, we had talked about Kayliana Cuffey last week with shot put and discus and those. She's a freshman. We're pretty young still, I think. Um, you know, Drea's a senior now, I believe. 
but we've we've also got some juniors, some sophomores, some freshmen who are really doing some good things. Jack Quesmore, 330 pounds on the clean. I'm going to go ahead and share that to our Facebook page. 330 pounds. It's on an the impressive clean. video. It is, yeah. Just watching the video, you, you can tell there's a there's a lot of weight on both yeah, sides of that no bar. Doubt. Switching over to the boys, they travel to the Tommy Taylor Invite in Tallahassee at Godby on Saturday. In the open 800, Jesse Cushman, Morgan Mobley, and Chasen Blocker ran 209, 210, and 211, respectively, giving them 7th, 8th, and 10th place overall. Nice. I like it. Absolutely. So that 4x800 team had a personal record with a time of 8 minutes and 53 seconds, and that got them 3rd place, beating out both Florida High and South Walden, who are actually in the district. So that's good to know that they can stack up versus the competition and come out on top with them. Jacob ran 11 minutes and 59 seconds in the 3,200 meter and placed fifth. His third event of the day. So actually, year made sure to point that out. That so 11:59 two mile in his third event of the day. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that that's uh that's not bad considering you probably already gassed a little bit after no the doubt. first couple of events. So he took third on that, and Garrison Beach took second in the 300 meter hurdles with a time of 40.23. So another good showing by the boys and girls track team this past week. Yeah, and I know they go this Friday to the Bob Hayes Invitational, which is a big, big meet in Jacksonville. And I don't think they do team titles over there. Our middle school is going as well. And so we'll certainly be interested to see because I think the Bob Hayes will give you a really good idea of where you stack up because most everybody in that Jacksonville area is going to be there. And so you'll, you'll really get to see some things and get pushed this weekend. And just like most of the events that are sporting events, Jacksonville schools are going to you know, be at the top for a lot of different things. So like mm -hmm. you said, to go up against some of those athletes over there to see where you stack up and how you hold up against them so early in the season to still know that you can work your way through the rest of it, that's going to be great for our, our boys and girls. Yeah, but I am excited to kind of see how, on the girls' side, how Drea progresses in the long jump and high jump and Montasia Jones, how she does. Um, you got Vikalem Ward on the hurdles. High Leah Walker's doing long jump. So you've got a lot of girls mixed in, and I want to see how they push each other throughout the year, and hopefully you're hitting those, those personal records, those PRs, as you get into districts and regionals and state. Yeah, and that's something that we've touched on a little bit here in the past when we talk about individual sports, where I think early in the year we were talking about swimming more times than not, especially, I guess, just with my experience of swimming. you Throughout the year, you race against whoever, and, of course, you want to do the best you can, and you, you race as fast as you can every single time, but then you get to districts, and you know what? You have a personal record, yeah. and it's just a little bit better than what you thought you could do. You go on the regionals. It's a little bit better there, and so you come to these higher-level ends of competition, and that brings out the best so I do think there's a healthy level of competition every single day at practice, knowing who, who you're going up against and saying, hey, she's my teammate, but he or she is also my biggest competitor at the end of the day in this individual sport because I want to win more than anything else. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's going to be very healthy for them. But also, again, like we talked about, to go to Jacksonville and to face just other high levels of competition, it's only going to bring out the best in them. Absolutely, no doubt. Switching over to softball, we've kind of been a little bare on our coverage. I saw but – 11-1 at Chiefland. We got the dub March 16th yep. is a day that will live on forever. <laughs> yeah, and I know congratulations to Coach Jordan Roberts. I know it came later than obviously she would want it to, but the Lady Dogs do get an 11-1 win over Chiefland last night. Uh, Carson Fryer with a big night drove in three runs. Carson big Kirby, run, yeah. Yep, Carson Kirby huh. drove in two and um, got Kara Smith back in the circle, which we talked about last yeah. week. So she threw a complete game last night, struck out four, and gave up the one earned run uh, with three hits and two walks. And so we said, you know, getting Karis back will give us a better idea of where we are. And so we come out, we her first game back in the circle, I think, or her first start, I should say. I think mm -hmm. she threw a little bit against Trinity Christian last week. Mm -hmm. But getting her back was big. And so now let's see what we can do here as we move into the middle of the season and going forward. Yeah, just talk, think about the little bit that she has been, been in a circle we talked about with Trinity Christian. That was a, it was a loss, but it was a 4-3 four four three ball three. game. Right. When the week before them, it was a 16-15 to 15 loss. Exactly. So just having her in the circle, you know, that's, a, that's over a 10-run difference potentially right there. So, again, she didn't pitch the whole game, but just having her there, I'm sure – also, those girls have to know, hey, this really is probably our true number one, and that has to give them a boost of confidence. Well, and, it, and I mean, it just helps you in so many places. So now Karis is in the circle, so now you get to put Zoe Hatch back at short, which is her stuff, natural yep. position. You know, you're not relying um, – Rachel Smith, her sister, is not having to pitch as much as a freshman. Yeah. So now you can start to grow a little bit and do some things and move some pieces around if you're Coach Roberts, whereas before you were hamstrung a little bit. Yep. And so let's see from here on out kind of where we go, how we play. We've got – 
kind of got that uh, that monkey off your back now, and, and we can move forward and see who we really are. Absolutely. So, actually, we are recording on Wednesday, March 17th, and tonight they have a home game versus Atlantic Coast, which might be a, a, another chance to go ahead and get a W on the board. And then this Friday, March 19th, a big test versus Columbia whenever the Tigers come to town. Yeah, and Columbia struggled this year too, so that, that's going to be a good one. Um, hopefully going to be able to make it out Friday night. I think it is here at home. Yeah. And so – Always, never a bad time to beat those guys. Absolutely. And switching over to baseball, we've always talked about, you know, softball, unfortunately, be on the wrong end a lot mm -hmm. of times when we talk about baseball. More times than not, they have been on the right side. Unfortunately, they lost an extra innings to Santa Fe on Tuesday, March 16th. They led 6-3 going into the seventh inning. Gave up a three spot there to tie oh, the ball did game. We really? I didn't yep. realize that. Gave up a three spot in the seventh inning to tie it, and then Santa Fe pushes across Ooh. four runs in the eighth inning. We come back with one, but not enough to extend <coughs> the game or potentially win the game. So that drops us to, I believe, eight and two, eight and two on yeah. the season. But yeah. a real quick redemption story could be wrote tonight because they are traveling to Santa Fe and get a chance to maybe right the wrongs of last night. Yeah, and from what I understood, I was not able to make it out. Like I said, um, had gone home last night after our little rookie ball practice. But Santa Fe, not world beaters. We just didn't play very well. And there's going to be times, right. and I think that was kind of what we wanted to see out of this team was – or not wanted to see out of this team. They were so hot to start the season, and you're riding that momentum. It's almost like that college basketball team that starts out – seven and oh eight and oh in non-conference and then you know takes an l and then you see him lose a bunch in a row mm -hmm. well that's not us i don't think that's going to be us but you you lost that game to Childs. um you come back and you get a, a good win against madison two nights later but then last night you come out and probably play i would argue or i would guess i should say your worst game of the season and so from what i understood a lot of just kind of mental errors uh physical errors and then an inability in the last couple of innings to throw strikes and so when you combine all that Certainly not a recipe for success against anybody who's who's any good. And Santa Fe's eight and one. I mean, so I shouldn't say yeah. they're they're not very good. It was just a matter of I think we beat ourselves a little bit um, last night. Still without Josh Fernald, he is hopefully going to be cleared this Friday. Also without Ty Robinson, and so two of your top three arms are on the shelf right now. So Hunter Corbin started last night, and um, you know it looks like he threw okay. But then, you know, you had Matthew Gill come in, Karsten Palmer, and some younger guys who have to get their feet wet and just didn't perform maybe as well as they would have liked to last night. Now, does that mean they won't going forward? Absolutely not. But really, I really want to see Corbin step up and be that number two for us because to go through the playoffs, you have to have two pitchers. And Josh Fernald has, has had two or three appearances, two or three starts, but he's been on the shelf for a week now. And so really even him is still it's unproven. And so Corbin being that senior – He's going to have to step up and be that number two guy. And he's thrown pretty well to start the year, but I'd love to see him take that next step and kind of become maybe that dominant number two. You know what I mean? And beat some people and shut some people down that maybe people don't expect for you to shut down. And so, um, like you said, get a chance. That's the great thing about baseball. Back at it tonight. Hopefully you can go over to, to uh, Alachua and play better. Absolutely. And I, I do think I wish my Gators could have the chance to – travel to Gainesville tonight and make up for that but we'll, we'll get into that nah. in, a, in a minute but you know one thing that just jumps out about this team and we've talked about a little bit is just the, the sheer amount of speed that top to bottom this yeah. roster has there was eight stolen bases last night by the dogs over, over Santa Fe yeah and I think they stole nine against Madison it's, in, so, I it's mean, incredible and now I, I do say and again whenever the Charles game happened hopefully you guys didn't think we were too rough on them or anything like that we just call it like we see it a little bit but but you will say the one consistency that maybe from the the Santa Fe loss and also the Charles loss you look at both of those games you're winning yeah now to start off the game you, you go down and then but then in the middle innings you come back and just like versus Charles versus Santa Fe we had to lead if we just get out, throw strikes at the end of the ball game, we come out on top. But unfortunately, we just allow base runners on, and they end up getting runs that, at the end of the day, we can't come back over with. So, yeah, it, it's not it's not to, <coughs> a, 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 I guess a negative criticism. It is just one thing that hey, if you're if you're just looking at facts, you guys were up in both of those games, and you would hope that you could close the game out. But these are good ball clubs that we're talking about when we mentioned Charles and Santa Fe. And like you said, we did start using some of the younger guys to kind of get their feet wet and get this experience. But moving forward, you just hope to see your dogs close out. Well, when you combine mental errors, like you said, so, I mean, I understand we made a couple base running mistakes. 
Well, we also walked eight guys. So when never you walk helps. eight guys, that's never a good thing. And, I mean, so it looks like Corbin threw four innings, gave up three runs, one earned. So that's keeping you in the baseball game. You should that's – a, that's a good start. I'm not saying it's an outstanding start, but it's a good start. Walked two, struck out four. But then your young guys come in and they, they combine for six walks. And so that's just not going to get it done. And so you have to – you have to put them in those situations, though. They have to get the experience because they are going to have to throw big innings for you down the road. You can't just say, okay, we're going to have Josh Fernald and Hunter Corbin, and when he gets back, Ty Robinson, you guys take us through the season. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to have more pitching, especially this day and age when we don't run pitch counts up and you're wanting to protect guys' arms and things like that. You're going to have to have these guys perform, and these guys are very capable. They have good stuff. They have the ability. It's just a matter of putting it together, getting some confidence, and, you know, getting in those situations and having success. That'll breed more success as you go forward. And so tonight, you know, you go down there, and I really – I'll be honest with you, I hadn't talked with Coach Bruce or anything today. I don't know who's starting on the mound tonight, you know, because if Fernald's out and Robinson's out, you threw three of you guys last night. Now, Now Palmer only threw one inning. But you may be looking at a Matthew Jenkins starting tonight, a sophomore who we've talked about, or getting some innings. And so it'll be interesting to see how the dogs come back and perform tonight down in Alachua. So best of luck to the dogs tonight versus Santa Fe. Next week we will have the results for that. And actually coming up later this week, before we talk to you next week, we have a, a actually at Leon Friday, March 19th, and then Columbia comes to town next Tuesday, March 23rd. Oh, I'll be at that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll for sure be meeting up there for that game, and hopefully we will get some good results. Absolutely. And have a little bit better information to report on instead of this week. But, I mean, you know, again, we, we don't want to sound like we're being overly negative. No, but, no, I mean, it's but one when, game. But when it, this team is as good as it is, you know, this this is going to be like maybe a little bit of the nitpicking we talk about. And I think anything that we've said, we're, we're not, you know, saying anything that Coach Bruce himself hasn't brought up to this team. Hey, guys, you know, we, we can't afford to have base runners. we got to get out. So we, you know, we, and we gotta we got to hold on to leads when we get them. So I, I think what we're saying here is, is fair criticism, and I think it's nothing that Coach Bruce himself hasn't even brought up to him. Well, I mean, we had 11 hits. You know I mean? Exactly. You have 11 hits. You expect to score. You expect to win that game. If you have 11 hits, your, your starter gives up one earned and four, you expect to win that game. And we didn't last night, and that's okay. Uh, we just move forward no, and okay. rock and roll. And uh, I'm not sure if we mentioned it on the front end or not, but we did defeat Madison 13-0 Thursday, March 11th. So, yep. uh, you know, we – had a setback versus Childs, came back strong versus Madison, and unfortunately just got outplayed a little bit by Santa Fe at the very end of the game. But a couple big games. I mean, we talked about it last time yep. that we were March here. is going to be a proven a time for them. Month yep. for them. So the, these losses, they're 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 okay in March, but you get a little bit later on in the year that that's where they're not going to be okay. Well, and that, gonna, those are the losses that can send you home. And they're going to help you. And that was it was a really good bounce back against Madison because Madison's not a bad baseball team. No, and so and that's the second time we've handled them right. pretty easily. And so yeah, for us to come back after that kind of tough loss, that was a good bounce back. And so now you just hope you bounce back just as well tonight. Yep. So best of luck, to Coach Bruce and his dogs. Switching over to flag football, who was our interview last week, Coach Hufty. Actually, whenever we interviewed him, they were set to play Bellevue that evening mm-hmm. and unfortunately they they lost that game 25 to 6 on March 10th and actually they bounced back pretty well this past Monday March 15th with a 41 to 0 win over Bradford and they are actually in action tonight as well at Crystal River. Yep, yep. So um it was a big win against Bradford like you said, Macy Campbell playing quarterback. Yeah, Hershey had uh, really six well. rushes for yeah. 107 yards, had a 39-yard touchdown run. Um, I think she finished – it says she finished with two rush, rushing touchdowns and um, also completed three of six passes for 20 yards. Also, again, had two pick sixes, Hannah Stout, and I believe – who was the other one? I'm trying to figure it out. Let me think. We, we've had a lot. Shalana Perkins. Shalana we've had Perkins. a lot of pick sixes so, so far. Hannah Stout with a pick six, Shalana Perkins with a pick six for the Lady Dog defense. And so now that's, that's four of those. Um, Amaya Jones had two. Now two new defenders getting in on the action, and so – uh, really cool for the Lady Dogs. What I was surprised to see is I didn't realize that, you know, with us being such a new program that we're not yet in an FHSA district where we can go to the playoffs. So it's just hmm. regular season for us uh, for right now. I didn't know that either. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we'll get 15 games this year. But um, I'm sure once we have the ability, I guess you go through that kind of probationary period. But then we'll get in and um, hopefully next season or the year after we'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, with a relatively new sport like flag football, and I think we even talked about it a few weeks ago, Nike, I think, donated a 
few million dollars actually to just the state of Florida to help grow the flag football program. Yeah. And we we mentioned it a couple weeks ago when we we mentioned it yet uh, last week whenever Coach Hufty was an interview guest. We couldn't ask for a better coach and someone to start a program up because if you remember from his interview last week, he's clearly very good at this stuff and is is no stranger to developing a program yeah. and getting this sport and the program on the map. So whatever we have to go through to eventually get to the FHSAA rankings and uh, ability to get, uh, go to the playoffs, you know Coach Hufty will make that happen Absolutely. as soon as he can. Absolutely. Switching over, I guess, to our college rankings. Woo. You want to go ahead and talk about that baseball game last Woo, night? I'll, I'll just I'll let the floor – I'll let you have it. Well, I was glad to see that Mike Martin Jr. listened to the Sons of Swanee Sportscast and took Elijah Cabell out of the lineup because it was a good call. Mm-hmm. But in all seriousness – Credit to Mike Martin Jr. He saw that whatever they were doing offensively was not working, and so he shook, he shook things up. And, I mean, you hate to say it, but he put two pitchers in the lineup, Parker Messick, who's his Friday night starter, and Wyatt Crowell, who's one of his relievers. They started playing against Virginia Tech this past weekend, went into the lineup to hit. They're listed on the roster as pitchers only, but they came in to hit, and they have swung the bats well. And so my suggestion would be just let all the pitchers hit. By God, let's just shut everything else down, let the pitchers hit, and we'll rock and roll. Because pitchers are the true athletes, TJ. Yeah, I was just about to say, I'm not sure how often you listen to the Florida broadcast with their team, but Jeff Cardoza, a former Florida pitcher, is always letting you know that pitchers are the best athletes. Yeah. So that is nothing new. And, you know, it's, it's funny that, like, and I mean, of course, it's absolutely true, like what they talked about with Florida State, because of broadcasts last night, they were like, oh, you know, they're start, they're starting two pitchers in their, their starting lineup. Florida does that every single game. Yeah. Kirby McMullen came Kirby to Florida Jordan a, Butler, as, a, yeah. as a pitcher, and whoever is our first baseman in one way or another was a pitcher, whether it be Jordan Butler or Chris Armstrong. Yeah. By the way, you know, Chris Armstrong, switch hitter, which isn't that, you know, I guess, you know, strange or anything like that, especially nowadays with how well these athletes are. He's ambidextrous for pitching as well. Oh, yeah. He's got a little left pad right. yeah. yeah, he used to do that in high school. But awesome. they, they haven't asked him to do that just because as soon as he came to campus, he just started raking apparently. Yeah. Which, uh, if you've ever seen him turn on the fastball, you can see why. He's broke a few light yeah. bulbs in the scoreboard and all that. But, you know, Florida State did what they had to do, and, and he switched the lineup up, and it certainly seemed to grab the attention of everybody well, right. and got the results that, that you all were looking for, but not yeah. me. No, no, not you. And, I mean, it was – they jumped on uh, Garrett Milchin early, scored three in the first. Robbie Martin with two home runs. That was huge because he's been scuffling early in the season. But now over the last three games, he's got like three home runs and ten RBIs. And so, or over the last two games. And so, a uh, big night for him. And you jump out to that 7 nothing lead. You have the freshman on the mound, Carson Montgomery, who started off the year as your Saturday starter. But you see why the stuff's there, man. That stuff yeah. plays. And he's going to be – That's a Friday night guy next year He is going to be a problem for people down the line if he, you know, if he stays healthy. And um, he was a little bit erratic control-wise. He didn't get ahead a whole lot, but he made pitches when he had to. Um, kept Florida off balance. Did a really good job. Struck out, a, I think, nine. Nine through the first. Four and like, two-thirds. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, a good start for him and hopefully a confidence-building start for him. I would like to see him stay in that midweek role to build some confidence for him. Uh, but doesn't get any easier for Florida State. They go down to Miami this weekend uh, for three games down at Mark Light. But a really, really good win for them. And hopefully they scored 14 on Sunday against Virginia Tech. Uh, they scored 10 last night against Florida. And so, you know, that you can't ask for much more. Yeah, and it seems the, the problems that Florida has had this year, this game was quite the opposite. It's mm-hmm. like we've always gotten pretty solid pitching to start off with, and then our bullpen kind of lets us down where you see the FAU loss. You see the, the JU loss more than anything was just on our defense and the amount of errors we raked up in that game. So that that's an outlier. But the the FAU loss and the Miami loss, more than anything, our bullpen couldn't come in and, and shut it down for us. Tommy Mace, Jack Leftwich, even, I mean, Marco got off to a pretty bad start that Sunday versus Miami. But more times than not, you can count on those guys to do what they can do. Our midweek game and our starters this year, just unfortunately, they're nowhere near what what the talent level usually is for Florida. I mean, to think back a few years ago, I mean, we had dadgum Dane Dunning as yeah. a midweek starter. And, that's, I mean, that's a Friday guy for a lot of ball oh, yeah. clubs if, if he gets an opportunity. And yeah, he's in the big leagues. I mean, he was great. And, again, you don't really want to talk too much, talk bad about Garrett Milchin. If you know anything about Garrett Milchin, he's had two Tommy John surgery, essentially has missed three consecutive years of baseball between Tommy John surgeries and COVID being shut down last year and having the season cut short. 
he's just been robbed of three seasons of his college level where I think maybe this is probably his third or fourth start since yeah. all of this has happened. He's a great teammate, great story, but I mean it was they were just teeing him up so easy. Uh the the motto of him is he he lives in the strike zone. He's not gonna get too far out of the strike zone and I don't really quite understand it, unfortunately, because his stuff isn't overpowering by any measure. Yeah. If you're going to live in a strike zone, you're basically just saying, like, hey, here it is, and challenge the batter, come hit it. And his stuff just is not to that level. And uh, like you said, Robbie Martin just teed off a couple times, and the game was over. And, I mean, that has to help the freshman out a lot, Montgomery. Just oh, yeah. Know, hey, just go up there and throw strikes. you got a seven-run lead after two innings. You got a lot of wiggle right. room to work with. And I mean, you saw Florida kind of make a little bit of a comeback. Uh, Christian Scott came in and pitched really well. I think outside of maybe Tommy Mace, Christian Scott has been by far the best pitcher that we have this year. But we do go into SEC play this weekend. And actually, it's not even really this weekend. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday instead of the normal Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So again, that's one less day for your bullpen to rest up. So I think after 18 pitches, you saw Christian Scott get pulled and just started using some other freshmen. That That's where you saw the other runs kind of get mm-hmm. tacked on there at the end for Florida State. But after, what, 19 or so consecutive wins for Florida, back-to-back, back-to-back <laughs> uh, wins. I think it was 11. Back-to-back, yeah. no, I think, yeah. 19. <laughs> 19 sounds good. 19 sounds better than 11. But back-to-back wins for 11 junior. And that's he, right. And he's undefeated versus Florida so far. He is. You love to see it, baby. Not, not quite. It. And see, this is why you need that decisive third game where I hope they can – I don't think they are, but – the Jacksonville game has been canceled already, like we talked about earlier this year. But you got to think Florida's going to come back and, and just want to put a hurting on them where having a season split does nothing for anybody. That's right. It, it doesn't help anybody. No, like we said, we could we could beat that dead horse. We'd love to see it go back to the weekend series. Then you really get to see who the best team is. But we'll take what we can get, and hopefully the Knowles can go down to Gainesville and get another win and be 2-0, and and then it doesn't matter. I, I, you know, I, I don't, of course, I don't want y'all to ever win a game, but at least in Gainesville, you won't hear the obnoxious K time. K I don't time. mind. Okay. I'm glad you Every brought that up. Every single I don't, I don't mind. had it. I don't mind. Because K- I mean, he, had, yeah. he had like, what, 15 strikeouts, I think, the entire 16, yeah. 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 I don't mind K time, but I don't know what this new thing is because the animals of Section B at Florida State are awesome. I mean, they are the best fans to me. They are really good. They make up songs about opposing players. It's really cool. But. And K-time's a thing, and that always has been. But I don't know what this new thing was last night before they did K. It was like the, hey, like some kind of weird chant. It was chant. Like one, one guy dude, that started it. It yeah. was like the whistling guy at Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt, it's worst fan. Awful. I mean, they got to shut that down. I don't know who I got to talk to, but, man, we got to quit that crap. That's annoying. Yeah. On a broadcast. Yeah. I, I Not a fan. Every, every single batter that Florida had went to two they strikes. Did. So you they heard K-time a, lot, a lot. That's just the way of the world, man. God, I hate that brand of baseball. Ugh, it's disgusting. <laughs> I don't understand what is it in the fifth or seventh inning whenever y'all sing Oh, oh Canada. Canada. Yep. How how patriotic it, it how came, patriotic it came is that? about it came about a long time ago where for some reason somebody huh? sang it at, in the bottom of the fifth and we went on that inning when somebody sang it like by themselves to score like five or six runs, had a big rally. And so now every game they sing, Oh, Canada, the animals do in the bottom of the fifth. Yeah. And it's considered to be, you know, it's like a rally, rally monkey. Yeah. Rally hat, rally, whatever. Rally rain cloud. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. America's pastime. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada, son. (laughs) You want to talk a little bit about this March Madness? You got you want to talk any about your bracket? You know, no, you make man. fun of me for I mean, Gonzaga. But. Look, the people don't care about our bracket, TJ. I mean, I'm going to pick the winners, and that's the way it's going to be, and it's fine. We, well, I, we, would, we, I would be interested to hear your Final Four. Now, we did text a little bit. Uh, we had some favorable draws. You said that you the thought – The Knowles you, got very favorable, and I usually feel like they get a crappy draw. You normally say they get they O's, got yeah. the They got the best draw you could have gotten. They got the easiest number one seed in Michigan – because I do their best the player, one, yeah. when Isaiah Livers is out right now. Now, mm-hmm. he may yeah. play, but yeah. he's got a stress fracture in his foot, so yeah. at best he's limited. Yeah, by the time Florida State and them if might we face make off, because yeah, we've just he, been he would be limited probably. Now, I mean, we get UNC Greensboro, and then we also, to me, we get UNC Greensboro round one. Eh, I mean, they, played, they beat Mercer, so now they really got it coming. I hope Florida State <laughs> says to themselves, by God, they beat the Bears in the conference championship, so now we're going to put it on them. 
But then, even after that, we get a favorable matchup in the 5-12 game with the winner of Georgetown and Colorado. Right. And so that doesn't strike fear in you either. Now, no. could we go out and lay an egg and go out in the round of 32? 100%. Uh, because just over this last month, we haven't been very consistent. But you like your chances, and then you get Michigan, presumably in the Sweet 16. And so from there, it's just a crapshoot. You know, it's just luck of the draw. Yeah, I mean, I did think the region that y'all got put in was mm-hmm. was a chance for you all to make a potential Final Four run. Yeah. I mean, because you look at the bottom half of the bracket, you just detailed the top part of it. You expect, what, Texas and Bama to come out, you know, of the other two teams on that side. So you potentially face off versus Michigan in the Sweet 16 in the Elite Eight. You probably are going up against a winner versus Texas versus Bama. I mean, yeah. pretty good ball clubs. You know, yeah. But, again, no, no, no world beaters or anything like that. You, you avoid it, Gonzaga. You avoided the Baylor region. Even I mean, Illinois, I think, is a little bit like – you said it yourself, Michigan's probably is the of the four number one seeds. They're probably mm-hmm. fourth of those four teams. So I do think you all got a favorable draw in that regard. Honestly, as a Florida fan, I don't know what to expect week in and week out, game in and game out. But getting a seven seed really shocked me. I figured we were on that 8-9 line mm-hmm. where even if we win week one or to, I guess round one – and the round of 32, you're facing off versus a number one team. So I think for us to get a seven seed, that really helped us out where potentially we would face off versus Ohio State in the second round if we get that far. Virginia Tech's a very good ball club. I yeah. mean, you know about that as a Florida State fan and going yeah. up against them. But we are actually the first game of March Madness this year, Friday at 12-15, very first oh, game. Wow. So no pressure. Go yeah. ahead and go out there and perform. But I, I don't really know what to expect. I you, picked Well, one of my rules on brackets is this. Florida and Clemson never get picked. So you lose. I, I have Michigan beating you all. That that I have. So I have y'all going to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, but, I picked this to go one round further, just out of. But it is strictly because of you know mm-hmm. uh, loyalty to the brand. I mean, you. So maybe you have this problem, or maybe maybe it's just me. You just convince yourself that anything is possible. Yes. Like like I'm looking at that Ohio State Florida matchup in the second round. I'm like, dude, we can beat Ohio State. Okay. We could also get blown out by 25. I don't think you're getting to the second round, but okay. So you th- I mean, exactly. That's why I don't no, know I don't what to expect. Yeah. It, I have lost before. We used to have, you know, I, I don't know if I can talk about this, but we used to have these um, these friendly games that involved no money. Entertainment for, purposes yes, only. Yes, for canned food. Um, we did brackets, and we also did bowl games, bowl game mm-hmm. pools. Yeah. And so I've lost bowl, game, bowl pools because I refused to pick Florida. Even when I knew now, I've also gotten paid – because one year in the Sugar Bowl, I refused to pick Florida, and I Louisville picked Louisville. Game. Yep. And yep. everybody else picked Florida, so that helped yep. me out. But I have lost because I picked. I refused to pick Florida. Yeah, I, I have a hard I time. I can't do it. I, I will give hard... myself no reason to cheer for that disgrace of a university. I, I have a hard time penciling in Tennessee on anything. Yeah. Um, I feel Florida, Florida State's that same Clemson, kind of way. Clemson's but... getting beat by Rutgers, too. Bye-bye. See you, little Tigers. I, Bye-bye, I, Dabo. I, I, I wouldn't mind that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you want to hear my final four? Go for we, it, man. We can close Go it out. It. We can yep. close it close out with that. The then we can get into that Sam McMillan interview. Yes, sir. I, I I think it's a little bit off the wall. Okay. So, of course, we mentioned on the front end, I got Gonzaga winning it all. So, mm-hmm. obviously. I got them in the final four. They're, they're, they're in the final four. I have them facing off versus Texas. Oh, okay. Cause, I got Because they're, they're beating Michigan, in my opinion. I've that's, got, that's my uh, I've elite got, eight. I've got Alabama coming out of yeah, our side. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought that was a, a potential pick. On the other side of it. Uh-huh. Going against everything we just talked about with Florida beating Ohio State, I have Ohio State in okay. my Final Four. They're good coming no com- coming out they're of the good. South bracket because I think Baylor they're 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 wavering a little bit. So I don't I don't think they're too dominant as what they were earlier this year uh-huh. when you held them up in the same regard as Gonzaga. So I got Ohio State coming out, and <coughs> I think this is maybe my big shocker: Oklahoma State. Oh God, I actually almost had them upset in the first round. I was going to pick it. But then I changed And that's what's going to happen, of course. I have them actually losing to Gonzaga in, in the national championship game. Oklahoma State? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I, I have, have I have Gonzaga, Alabama, and then I went chalk. I have Baylor and Illinois. I have Illinois beating Gonzaga 76-72 to in the national title game. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like Cade Cunningham, he's going to go on a little bit of a Carmelo Anthony run. kind of run that he okay. had with with uh, Syracuse whenever and then he's he had his it, one get, year. Get paid. And then he's going to the league, and it's going to probably be a – I don't know. I was going to say a New York Nick with actually doing pretty good this year. So yeah. it'll probably be a Minnesota Timberwolf or something That's like right. that. But, yeah, I think that might be where I'm either just totally out of it after the Sweet 16 or I might be in, like, the 99th percentile for my bracket at the end of it all. It could go one of two ways. 
and that's, that's how that's how it goes every I've got single some upsets. time. Yeah, I've got some upsets for it, sure. You got to pick that one team that's going to make a run to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, you it, got to. Yeah, and that I guess that's Ohio for me. I have Ohio into Sweet Sixteen. O H I O. Good for lo- you. Losing to Gonzaga. So if you uh, if you join our Sons of Swanee, ESPN get on there, group, son. You will get to see all of my picks. That's right. And all of Hunter's picks. In Ham we trust. That's my then, bracket name. And then you get to see how wrong we were. That's right. And that's laugh at gonna us. definitely happen. So please join our bracket and you know score way higher than us because right. we don't know anything. <laughs> and so you mentioned it before. So we're gonna get into our interview this week with um, Sam McMillan. Sam, of course, a Swanee High School graduate. Uh, what was it? Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Graduated. Fifth round draft. Fifth pick. round draft pick of the Detroit Tigers. Oh, really, man. And Sam talks about it a little bit. And you had asked him the, the question of how do you make that decision between the money and going to college. And I would always say, you know, not to, not that I'm any kind of expert, but you always look at, is is a 18 year old ready to take on that kind of responsibility and that mm-hmm. kind of, you, you know, move, leaving and not not just going to college because if you move to Gainesville, where Sam was committed to Florida, you're still going to have some of your friends around. But to right. go, just you're on your own, man. Yeah. I mean, people you've never been around, people you don't know. But if anybody could do it maturity-wise, it was Sam McMillan. Because you're talking about a really, really bright guy. I mean, a valedictorian-type guy who had that maturity level, who was ready to go. And so he's now in the Detroit Tigers organization, like we mentioned in the interview. And really excited to see Sam get that full year under his belt because it's been a year and a half since he's Mm -hmm. played, you know, and really Mm -hmm. in any kind of organized games. Yeah, he he mentions that there in the interview that it's been a minute for him to kind of get a chance to consistently catch and, and do what he needs to do. And you, you took the words right out of my mouth to begin this. The maturity level that Sam McMillan has, mm-hmm. he is, you know, ready to go at, at probably 16 or 17, honestly. Yeah. You know, how, how mature he is and how, how how good of a head he has on his shoulders, I guess you could say. It was a really good interview. We enjoyed talking with him. And let's go ahead and get into that right now. This week's interview on Sons of Swanee is a Swanee graduate. Sam McMillan went straight from... Playing at Booster Field was a fifth-round draft pick of the Detroit Tigers and now is in their minor league system. Sam, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, guys. I'm happy to be on. Yeah, so we, we kind of have been going back and forth a little bit where we've been trying to have Sam on for what well, seems like, like over a, a month a now. Month, uh, yeah. and, and actually, Sam was at the game last Tuesday versus uh, Childs, and I, I took the opportunity to apologize for both of us, Hunter, it really was just myself, but uh, I, I just felt like I'm like, man, dude, I keep leading him on. Like, I'm like, hey, man, you ready to be on the podcast? He's like, yeah, sure, man. I mean, he was like super receptive. I mean, I saw you what a couple months ago in Lake City with uh, Evan yeah. Johnson, and you're like, yeah, man, like you know, whenever you need me, I'm, I'm here for you. And so it has just not quite worked out, but uh, we're really glad to have you on, Sam. And yeah, you were one of the ones that we were really looking forward to talk to because uh, it's it's good to catch up with with former graduates, and you certainly have had a lot going on since you left. Right, right. It's been much anticipated, but I'm happy to be on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we will always have Sam on. We will never have your older brother Joe on. That That's one thing. <laughs> I do want to have Joe on because I want to I ask Joe about that mustache. Oh, I know. That thing is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 yeah, just one question and, and then our, we'll cut the interview from there. Like, what's up with that mustache? And then just cut him off. Seriously. All right, Sam, so like we talked about earlier, you were drafted by the Detroit Tigers, and now you're in the, their minor league system, most recently with the Lakeland Flying Tigers. I guess just kind of fill the people in on how everything has been going since uh, we saw you here in Swanee in 2017. Yeah, so um, I've uh, waiting to uh, report to spring training this year, but uh, the last time I made an official like season appearance was in 19 in uh, low A. And so uh, 2020 obviously got cut short the way it did. I was able to uh, report for like an instructional camp in uh, October of 20 uh, this past fall. So I was able to play like some scrimmage type games there for about a month. And then uh, now we're here. So that's been pretty much the road up to now. So, Sammy, um, talk to us a little bit. So, what's I know that certain minor league uh, levels have been pushed back a little bit this spring. What is it looking like, I guess, across the board? You know, you said you finished in low A when you, we last had kind of an organized minor league season. I guess, what is it looking like for you going into this, this spring, and when will the season start for you? So, the uh, official date they've announced right now is May 4th for opening day. So, uh, the – uh, even though we haven't heard officially, the 
plan, it looks like right now, is for April to be uh, minor league spring training after the big leagues gets rolling. And then uh, <clears throat> after that, so we'll have uh, about a three, four-week spring training and then get rolling in May. And then I think the season, it may go past the original date by like two weeks. So I think we'll only end up losing about two weeks of games. Well, good deal. And so you had said, you know, so you really haven't played that organized season since 19. So you, you said you've done a little bit of instructional ball. So what have you kind of had to do? And I, I mean, not just you, but everybody kind of in your situation in the minor leagues. What have you guys had to do over that year and a half or whatever it is now to kind of stay sharp and stay prepared? Yeah, I mean, that's been a major challenge. But uh, that has been the main reason I'm living down in Tampa right now. I've been down here for the majority of I guess you'll call quarantine in this past off season, and so I'm training at a gym down here with about a dozen other minor leaguers. So we kind of do pens and live abs and stuff like that together. But it's been a lot of simulated stuff like that. So whenever it gets back to uh, like everything on a field in a stadium, I'm sure that's going to be pretty weird for a lot of guys. Sam, kind of following up with some of that there, um, when, when you say you're in a, the gym with these minor leaguers, uh, are, are they just minor leaguers, you know, that are they're actually teammates of yours or, and just other players, or how exactly does that work out? And also, is there any influence from the, the Lakeland Flying Tigers or the Detroit Tigers themselves as far as, like, what kind of workouts and what kind of routines that you have day in and day out? Um, yeah, so as far as the guys I work out with here in Tampa, a lot of them – uh, a few of them are Tigers players. A few of them are, uh, like, Yankees and Phillies players. A lot of it ends up being guys training here because the spring training complexes are nearby, being the Phillies in Clearwater and the Yankees also in Tampa. So that kind of works out well for us to be training here, only, like, a 30-minute drive away from the complex. And then uh, the uh, – what was the second part of your question, Sophie? Yeah, as far as, like, do the Tigers have any kind of influence or direction as far as, like, hey, we really want you to be working on this or training uh, and doing this in the gym? Is there any oh, kind of uh, yeah, influence so, like, that they have? have? like, a kind of commu communication pathway with our uh, managers where, like, we send in video and they, like, kind of adjust us based on that. And then we, like, give them monthly updates on kind of what we're doing training-wise. <coughs> Sam, a question I had, and it's kind of, I mean, it's off topic, but not really. Has there been a point in these last few years where you've seen somebody or met somebody um, within the game that just kind of starstruck you? Or I guess who's that one person maybe you've met who you're like, holy crap, I can't believe that I'm either playing yeah. with or meeting this guy? I was, I was in instructional camp in 2017, and uh, we were playing a game at uh, Disney World at the Braves Complex, even though they moved, they were in Orlando. And, uh, it was, we're just playing, it's like noon on a Saturday, and this guy walks up in uh, flip-flops and a, uh, like a Hawaiian shirt, and it's this older-looking guy, and I look, I'm like, holy crap, that's Jim Leland. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, did he, he have a stoke, was he smoking a cigar or a cigarette and having a little... <laughs> no, but uh, every experience you have, he cuts it short to go smoke a cigarette. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, he came and sat in the dugout, and we shot the breeze for a little bit and that was like holy cow like never thought that would happen sam I, I want to take it back a little bit i guess going back to your senior year of high school not a lot of us will ever have the experience or have the ability to say you know what no i'm not gonna go to college like because people want to pay me right now for how good i am athletically speaking so and i think people are pretty familiar with how the nfl draft works how the nba draft works but being drafted in baseball, it's a totally different ball game and how some of that stuff right. works. So can you just – I mean, I know that would be a whole episode itself for a podcast, yeah. but kind of just run people through, like, how, you know, you end up getting where you are right now. Yeah, so the big decision to make um, when you're coming out of high school, I was fortunate enough to have, like, some uh, MLB attention. And so once you kind of get that, you're – in between, well, do I go to college or do I go ahead and sign? So the reason it's such a big decision is because if you commit to a four-year school and sign a letter of intent there, if you decide to go there, 
then you can't get drafted out of that school for three years for until you're 21. So it ends up being three years for a lot of people. <clears throat> so um, that is kind of like the big decision to make is like, well, do I feel ready for pro ball now and feel ready to go through that system? Or do I feel like taking a whole three years until I'm able to have that opportunity again? So that's kind of like the big like decision and the big thing that makes it different for baseball, I guess. The same question I had, and this is really my last question, what kind of personally are your goals for this season? I mean, where would you like to see yourself? Where would you like to end up? I mean, you know, I know you say everybody would say, I want to go out and hit 300 and hit 25 bombs. But for where you are right now, kind of what is your goal throughout this minor league season? Yeah, so, I mean, the goal for me is to, like, get to where, like, I have a full year of catching – multiple days a week basically because uh i'd kind of been built up from 17 was pretty light just being drafted and then up to 18 19 i was uh every other day <clears throat> so kind of proving that i can be that guy that's catching four or five days a week and still producing in the lineup and still being a good backstop and like a guy that p- the pitchers want to throw to basically Awesome. Well, Sam, we certainly appreciate you coming out and talking with us. Uh, thank you for taking some time out of your day and actually getting a chance to finally speak with us, Sam. We sure do, we sure do appreciate it. <laughs> yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. All Thanks, right, buddy. Sammy Have Mack. a good day. All right. Yes, sir. Y'all too. Thanks again, Sammy Mack, for being with us this week and for talking with us a little bit. Sam is down in Tampa right now, as he said, getting ready for spring training to start for the minor league guys. And so a little bit different this year in that they're waiting for the major league guys to start their season before they begin their spring training. But we'll certainly keep an eye out and keep you, keep you updated on how Sam is doing through the minor league season. And I'm sure I didn't get a chance to ask him, but I know previously he was up in Michigan uh, to yeah. start the season in April. And so not a, not always that warm. Yeah. So I'm sure he's not sad about being down in Florida to start this year. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he minds being able to train here in Tampa. I say here in Tampa, you know, in the state yeah, of Florida, being able to train in Tampa. And every now and then he'll actually make a trip back home. Yeah. Uh, like, we, like we talked about actually in the beginning of the interview, he was there for the Childs game. And so yeah. he got a chance to take in the Swanee game and uh, see how much fun this team has. Unfortunately, it was in a loss like we talked about, but he just got to see how much fun they have. And actually, I meant to ask him that whenever we had the interview going on, but he was just sitting there talking about Coach Bruce and how he, he manages games. Mm-hmm. How, of course, everyone who follows baseball, they know about a hit and run. Coach Bruce has a run and hit as well where, you know, it's like, hey, we're, we're going to have this call, but it, but only if you like it. You know, yeah. this isn't something that you have to do. You don't have to swing at it, anything like that. And I think you're going to be seeing a lot of run and hits called this year yeah, no with, with this team and uh, the amount of base stealing that they have. But great interview by Sam. Thank you for joining us, Sam. We'll give you all the updates on all the games this weekend. And um, until then, as always, go, go dogs. dogs.